lecture. We're going to be doing the lecture right now on a theory of mind. And so we're going to be discussing a theory that I have about the mind. And um, again, I'm an ex I'm not an expert in the topic whatsoever. Uh, it's just an interesting, some plot holes that I've found here. Um, I've been looking at it and just kind of been eating away in the back of my head. And so I kind of want to just talk it out. I'm an ENTP, you know how I am, just uh, constantly getting ideas. And then my brain starts spiraling about them. I think philosophically about them. And then eventually I deconstruct and break down the very foundations of reality. Um, <laughs> happened more often than I care to admit. Uh, so I wanted to talk about it with you guys and hopefully get some feedback. Uh, point me in the right direction of experts. If there's people I should be talking to, I'd love to hear about it. What is the theory of mind that I've been thinking about? So I was looking at the problems that, uh, Jamie, can I get a magic reading? Yes, you'll be getting a reading after the lecture here, Jamie. So um, I was looking at the theories, the problems with the current theories that we have for the mind and the things that they can't answer and from a scientific perspective. And so Currently, the scientific perspective is that the mind is purely material. Um, everything is produced by electricity and chemical reactions um, and electronic signals through synapses in your brain. And that's connected to your nervous system and more or less everything is derived from a purely material, um, material sense and there's nothing outside of that. And the problem that we run into with that particular model, the materialist model, um, is there's a few phenomenon and some pretty giant glaring holes in the theory that the materialist response has never been able to answer. Uh, one of the big ones that's always bothered me is, so obviously you have this this problem where which is evidence for the material case. You you can give a brain a chemical and it will change the way that your brain works. You can get hit in the head and it will disrupt the functionality of your brain. You you will never think the same way again if you get hit in the head with a sledgehammer, for example. Um, however, there's also this strange phenomenon where people can die and be brought back to life, like literally they can go brain dead and then be resuscitated and their brain comes back to the way that it was. And I always wonder what, how does it know to come back to the way that it should have been if it's just material? If your brain is just a material machine, shouldn't it reload in the same way like if I took a computer and I just hard reset it, like dying, <laughs> hard reset, everything is wiped on it, right? shouldn't it reset to its base state? Why does it know to reset to the exact, down to the micro detail of what I was before I died? It shouldn't be possible because there's nothing there to save that once it's dead. There's no record because it's just signals firing. And so that was one thing that I, I found odd. And the other case that I saw was that uh, this beautiful, uh, heartwarming story, um, was a medical breakthrough where there was people who had dementia. Treatment isn't uh, universal. It, it doesn't help every person. Um, but it was, in this particular case, able to help people who had dementia um, recover. They, they were able to go from being in a state of dementia back to 
who they were before the dementia had set in. And it was beautiful, heartwarming to see that, but also kind of bizarre. Like if your mind is damaged and you lose who you were, you lose the memories, how did it come back to who it was? What, what was the record that it was referencing to get back to where it was? And so from all of these thoughts, I began to start thinking about the mind of like, what would be the answer for that? And I think maybe I should go through some of the other problems I've run through first before I explain my, my theory or my, my answer. So I, I guess the, the second problem comes in with emotions. And this has always been a massive debate, um, which is how can you feel emotions and say no to them? Because animals can't do that. A, a wolf is not able to say, I'm full, I'm not going to be gluttonous, and I'm going to restrain myself and not eat. A wolf can't do that. It eats until it's at its capacity, and then it's, it's done. That, that's what it does. It doesn't have these internal conflicts with itself where it says, oh, I shouldn't have eaten so much. I'm, I should think of my future self and where I will be, and my goodness, I'm not doing the best thing for myself. It, it doesn't have that. There's just the emotions that it feels, and then it acts on the emotions. Humans are the exception to that rule where we, for some reason, can feel a desire and then intellectually say no to that desire and choose to do something that's counter to that desire. It's very bizarre. <laughs> and so um, why are we essentially having conflicting signals? Why wouldn't we, if we're just animals, uh, purely material and our mind was material, wouldn't you just feel the emotion, the overriding most important one would control you and you would just do that and take action on that. This boiled down is the, uh, if you want the, the reference to what I'm talking about, um, is the thought experiment of right now in your mind, you're, you have thoughts, you're hearing my words, you're probably thinking about what I'm saying, um, and there's, there's thoughts going on in your head. What is the thing that's listening to the thoughts in your head? What is that? And so that's kind of a weird thing. Christians would call that the soul. Um, science has no explanation. We have no answer for what that is. We have no idea. Um, and so that's a problem. And so it's like, what is that thing that we all universally experience, yet we don't have any explanation for it? And so that was the second problem that I, I ran into with the current model, the material uh, the material theory of mind and then the intellectual problem um which is where do the thoughts even come from because we don't know your, your brain just kind of out of nowhere will just have a thought sometimes they're stupid thoughts sometimes they're great thoughts sometimes they're thoughts that are so profound and so powerful that they literally change the entire fabric of the universe um, they allow us to disintegrate nations in a matter of minutes. They allow us to uh, transform culture and uh, human direction. And we don't know why they happen or how they happen. It's, it's quite odd. And when you combine that with just the physical limitations, like your mind's ability to contain within it, the you can imagine right now the universe. And you can envision it just like a movie, zooming in from the cell, out to the full capacity of the universe and back down into the individual. 
the processing power that you just used in your imagination to do that is more powerful than all of the computers in the entire world combined together by like a billion. It's, it's insane. The ability to imagine the spectrum and the speed at which you just process that data. It's, it's impossible. It, it, it's absurd, but you're able to do it. And somehow, if, if you accept the material understanding of the world, or the material mind, I should say, how is this little six pound pack of meat able to do that? It just doesn't make sense. Why is this hardware so much better than our technology? Um, it, it's odd. It, it's odd to me, Andy, and I think that's a big problem. And then the final and the most obvious problem that I see is consciousness. We, we all have consciousness. Every day you wake up and experience consciousness and you experience free will. You're able to make a choice. You're able to look at ice cream and say, I will choose to eat ice cream today or not. And you get to make that choice. You're not uh, controlled by any outside forces. Now there's a false argument that was set up which said, well, if we measure a person's brain five seconds before they make a choice, we can figure out which choice they're gonna make, um, which proves literally nothing. It's just saying that your subconscious has higher um, priority in decision-making in the moment than your conscious mind. Because what that study doesn't show you is, well, what if I plan 30 minutes ahead of time for going to the ice cream shop and saying, I'm going to choose water instead um, because I want to be healthy. And then you've defeated the momentary decision-making process, which is more handled by the animalistic side of your brain. And so the material answer, and this is, I think, the most disturbing, is that their answer for consciousness is, oh, we don't, and that's, that's the full answer, really. What I just made, that noise encapsulates their entire expression for what consciousness is. It's this just, I mean, I, okay. Um, some of them will go so far as to say, it's like an illusion, but, you know, a persistent one that's true and always seems to predict and is the foundation for everything we know. But it's not real. And you're, you're like, huh? Wait a minute, what? And so that's the four huge problems that I always had with this material mind. If, the, if everything exists in this material mind, how, is, how do they account for all these huge flaws that we just went through? And my thought is when you look at all of these things and what their flaws are, it does kind of remind me of like a computer and the internet. And what do I mean by that? Well, if my brain gets hit with a hammer, for example, um, if my brain gets hit with a hammer and, or I should say my computer, if I, if I go to my computer, right, and I spill water on it, I destroy the water, uh, just the whole thing, just, just frazzled, fizzed out, the computer's fried, right? I can go and then, what is, what is this? Okay, I'll be back. This is it. Uh, who else thinks this is awesome? Well, thank you very much. Hey, Dion, how's it going? Sorry, it looks like we had some lag there. I'm not sure. Looks like it was affecting the numbers and whatnot, but that's all right. Welcome back. Um, thank you. I'm not sure what happened there. Hopefully it recorded. Um, we'll find out. So, um, gosh, what was I saying? Right, so my theory is what if, 
Instead, the mind is picking up a frequency. What if we're an antenna? What if there is this material meat machine? It was recording, don't worry. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, what if this material meat machine is picking up on a signal the same way your computer is able to connect to the internet. So when I go and I spill water on my computer and it fries, I can go and get that computer repaired. I can replace the hard drives and the parts that were broken. I can turn that computer back on and I can go and connect to the internet and re-download the cloud backup of my computer back onto my computer. And my computer will be restored to how it was. That's kind of like what happens in my theory, from what I'm looking at it as an explanation of. That sounds like what happens when you die, your brain is dead, and then you're brought back to life, and then somehow your brain resets to how it was. Wouldn't that make sense that you have a frequency backed up somewhere that's able to reload? Because if you didn't, it would be like a computer that has no access to an internet and a cloud backup. You would fry it and it would never restore your data. It'd be done. There's no connection there. And that would be, if, if your brain was purely material, that'd be the only explanation for how that could work, right? I, I don't see any other way to answer that in the material sense, how, how that's possible. Um, and then in regards to emotions, it would make sense. If, if you have a signal that's coming into this meat machine, you would be getting conflicting signals. You'd be getting the animal instincts, the emotions, the, um, the desires, the, the, the things that make you human. You would be feeling those. And then you would have a conflicting signal in your brain that was saying the, the, the signal, the, the internet. Um, so you have what you believe. And then you have the, the internet of your brain, which is, no, 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 this is what we're going to do despite these signals. And so that would be um, the answer for that emotional conflict. And the signal theory would really answer that. From the thought perspective and the capacity and processing speed, this one's just a straightforward analogy. My computer cannot contain all of Wikipedia and all of Google and all of Facebook and all of Twitter and all of um, every single website, all of YouTube, every one of these trillions... There is not a computer on this planet that could possibly hold all of that in the computer, right? It would be just completely overwhelmed and forget even processing any of that data. Just simply storing it alone would be virtually impossible. Um, however, my computer can access all of that information through the internet by distributing it. And so that would be the internet. The internet, your computer is connecting to the signal. So why is this six pound meat machine able to connect with all of this data? Why am I able to go sell my existence, the universe back down in my imagination in a matter of seconds, a process that can't be handled by any computer? Well, perhaps I'm getting a frequency that's connecting me to something much more powerful in the same way that I can connect to the internet and gain the data that I need and it's much more powerful. And so that would be the thought of the, the logos, the, the, the intellect. And then finally, I think this case has been made here, but it would answer the biggest problem of all, which is consciousness and free will. Why are we able to make choices that are outside our material body's desires? Why are we able to perceive what we are as an animal 
and see something else, the consciousness. Because we're perceiving the signal, because we're receiving it, because there is something outside of us that's coming here. And that would be the answer for consciousness and free will. Um, and so that, that's my theory. That, that's what I've been thinking about. That's the kind of concept that I've been running around. It seems like it would really answer and solve for all the major problems that we run in with uh, the current theory of mind. And I don't see how it disagrees with any of the material data that we've collected on the brain so far. For example, um, when you look at the material construction of what a thought is, it appears to be an electronic frequency. The synapses are literally firing electrical signals in your brain. We don't know why or how, and we can't predict their patterns, but they are. It's just an electrical cloud. Um, and so, and, and chemical reactions firing for reasons we can't really know, and or at least don't know yet. But if you look at like what a frequency of a computer is, that's the same thing. Your brain connecting to the internet, your computer connecting to the internet, I should say, is just electronic signals being fired and binary zeros and ones back and forth. So it looks like from all the material evidence that exists, we're seeing a machine that is receiving a signal or transmitting a signal. I don't know which one it would be, or perhaps it's both, but that does seem to be what all the physical evidence would suggest. And it seems to match up perfectly with the analogy of what we see with the computer as well. And I don't see where there's any conflicts in that. And again, of course, I, I, I'm opening this, this is a dialectic. I'm opening, if there's some contradictions in that theory that you're aware of, I'd love to hear them and talk them out because I want to see where the flaws are, but it does seem like this kind of answers all of the big problems of the current theory of mind. So if you know anyone who's an expert on the topic, I'd love to talk to them. Maybe we can get them on the show. Um, and I would appreciate learning about it. And that's my theory of mind. And if you guys have any thoughts or insights on it, I'd love to hear it. And with that, that's the end of the lecture for today. And we're going to move on to our readings.